Coming in with Nystrom. Tonelli to Nystrom. He scores! Bob Nystrom scores the goal. The Islanders win the Stanley Cup. He scores! Brock Nelson, his first National Hockey League goal. What is going on, guys, and welcome back to the Four Stripes on Ice podcast. And before we get started in this one, we just want to give a quick thank you to the Northeast Streaming Sports Network. If you guys don't know what they are, they're an up-and-coming sports page, and basically it's just a bunch of up-and-coming sports fans like ourselves, and we just wanted to form a network and basically just have our opinions out there for the world to see, and it's a really fun, uh, fun network of people. If you guys can check them out on Facebook, it's Northeast Streaming Sports and yeah, we just wanted to give them a quick shout out before we started today. And gentlemen, it's been a while since we've we've gotten on the on the podcast grind. Guess who's back? Yes, back there again. Mr. Daniel Shea. We're the all back. Number one fan. Go fuck yourself, Leo. You bag of shit. <laughs> now, Danny, it's a family show, kind of. Sorry, sorry. Go go poop your pants, Leo. You poopy head. That's better. Okay. Thank you. So, guys, there's one big thing that we have to get into. Well, first of all, right, um, you know, obviously 2020 has been a rough year for all of us, right? And, you know, the holidays were fun, I'm assuming, for you guys. I'm assuming you guys did a lot of fun stuff. Santa did bring us one special gift that we were we were all waiting for, and that is Matt Barzell has finally re-signed. It's a three-year deal. It's $21 million total over the course of that, and it's $7 million and in uh, – average annual value and you know um ryan i want to get your thoughts on this really quick here right do you think that the islanders overpaid barzell here do you think this was the right amount that he was going to get what what do you think about the salary that he got here my personal hope is that we can get him for about uh one mil less i would have preferred a six million uh average personally but considering that this deal how it is going to end it's a three-year deal meaning that when his contract runs up, he will still be a restricted free agent. Um, it really wasn't bad. $7 million, I think, is like right in the ballpark for him. I know for me personally, I kind of wish he would have taken less because, you know, team-friendly deal and considering the contracts we have aren't exactly the greatest. But a lot of sources have reported that he wants to stay long-term, so he took the best available deal. And him taking three years and ending as an RFA, I think, kind of proves that to me. Because if he went for anything above that, he would have been an unrestricted free agent. So, I mean, I think this is just a good deal overall. I know it's a bridge. I wish we could have got him for longer, but obviously money is an issue. And, you know, he's making the same amount as Anders Lee, which, you know, if you put that in perspective, that's pretty good considering the two types of players that they are. I know that Anders Lee is a captain and stuff like that. I mean, I think Anders Lee is overpaid. I like him, but $7 million for, you know, Somebody who doesn't even, you know, for a guy who is like a second liner at best, realistically. I don't know. But, I mean, I'm very happy about, you know, I'm very, very happy with how things, you know, turned out with Barzell. And I hope that we can sign him long term in the future. Uh, So, Danny, what do you think about this signing? Well, first of all, before I get into that, welcome back, guys. Good to hear. uh, Good to hear your voices again. Uh, Decent start to the year so far, but we'll talk about that in a little while. Um. I'm just glad he's an Islander, honestly. Like, the longer and longer this contract situation went on, the more and more nervous I got. And the fact that it went into training camp without a deal, 
I was very concerned at what could have happened, but I'm just glad they got the deal done. And one thing that I don't know if uh, I don't think you guys have mentioned yet is that Barzell will make more money as the deal progresses. So this deal is actually backloaded. Year one now, uh, we obviously have all the caps, uh, cap problems and stuff like that. He's he's taking less money right now, so he's only making four million this year, then seven million next year, and then ten million in the third year. So Barzell taking this deal has given the Islanders more and more flexibility to be able to work out their cap issues. And hopefully by the time his deal is done after that third year, can sign him to a big longer deal that uh, hopefully keeps him here for a very, very, very long time. Right. I, I agree with all the points you guys made. I think that it was important to get him signed. And I think the big thing here is that he didn't miss any games, you know, during the regular season. I, I know that, uh, you know, in years past, anyway, you look at most recently with uh, William Nylander a few years ago, um, you know, sometimes with these RFAs and their contract negotiations, it can be hard to sign them before the season starts because, you know, the player in their camp is pushing for their amount of money that they want. And, you know, the organization is, it, it, it's a lot of the time, it's a conflicting opinion as to, you know, what both sides want. But I think this was a reasonable deal for both sides. So uh, I'm glad. And like Danny said, he's an Islander. It's only a matter of time, though, before we uh, we get to see him suit up for the Seattle Kraken. Right, fellas? Absolutely. I can't wait to see him go. Whoop-de-doo. All right. Well, guys, we got the Barzell stuff out of the way. And Barzell and the Islanders took on the Rangers in their season opener. Danny, do you want to break down in the season opener against the Rangers? Big win. Well, first of all, it was a great way to start the year. I'm not going to let that be hidden. Great way to start the year. Open up against the Rangers. I'm a hype. Barn rockers are flowing. It was a great day. Let's recap this game, shall we? The First Palmer period. Jersey's out and ready to go. Uh, oh. Yeah, that, that's toilet paper in this house. But um, <laughs> let's start. Let's start off in the first period. Uh, it's a Varlamov Shesterkin game, not the Sorokin Shesterkin game. Everybody was uh hoping for. Although Varlamov definitely did not disappoint. Uh, let's t- let's start off in the first period. Brock Nelson opening up the New York Islander season, scoring his first of the year on a, on the power play. Anders Lee and Matt Barzell following, uh, opening a 3-0 Islander lead after the first period. Islanders keep it rolling in the second. Anders Lee picks up his second of the game. Also on the power play, Islanders starting 2-2 two for two on, the, on the power play for the year. Uh, nothing in the third. Islanders win the first game of the year against the Rangers 4-0. Varlamov, a 24-save shutout uh, power play. 2-for-8, though. They started off 2-for-2. Two two. Definitely did not finish that way. 2-for-8. Three for three on the kill. Shesterkin, 29 saves, 33 shots. Uh, Rangers go 0 for three on the power play, killing six of eight penalties on the New York Islanders. Um, I will say, very strong win for the New York Islanders to start the year. Uh, They didn't give the Rangers many chances offensively, and that's extremely important considering the amount of firepower that the Rangers do have up front, especially with the addition of Alexi Lafreniere uh, with the number one pick in the draft. Like I mentioned, the power play went two for eight, uh, scoring two goals. Yeah, good, but when you have eight, uh, when you have eight opportunities, uh, you need to be able to convert more. So not the greatest uh, room to improve there. Power, uh, penalty kill, though, I will say, looked really strong. Carter, I know you um, specifically really liked the way Barzell played. If you wanted to uh, touch on that, yeah, I mean, like like I said before, I know he missed part of training camp, so it might have you know might have been safe to assume that he may have been a little bit rusty coming out of the gate, but. That wasn't the case at all. He looked great on both ends of the puck, both in the offensive and the defensive zone. He had a lot of quality scoring chances, and 
I don't think we're talking about this enough. His goal is absolutely beautiful. Goes under the stick of Tony Deactiv... Uh, sorry, not Tony Deactivated. Tony D'Angelo, I'm sorry. It's a force of habit. Uh, he goes around Tony D'Angelo and he scores. That is an absolutely incredible goal. Um, I, I actually... I was fishing around a little bit. And, uh, you know, we, we have like an interesting stat of the game. Um... This is actually brought to you by the Mac and Jack Show. I provide NHL analysis for them every Thursday at uh, 9 a.m. So if you guys want to check them out, they're on the Northeast Streaming Sports Network. Be sure to go check them out. Um, January 14th's win, right? The season opener. It marked the first opening night shutout win for the Islanders since October 7th, 1976. Islanders shut out Philadelphia 3-0 on the road in that game. And they definitely looked incredible to start this one as well. And now we move on. The Islanders played another game at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. Ryan, do you want to break down the scoring for us in this one? This did not go the Islanders' way, unfortunately. No, no, I don't want to break down the scoring for this one. I really don't. Pretty I don't please. want to talk about it. I, I want to pretend this game didn't even happen. I'll buy you a Komarov jersey if you do it. Do you honestly think you're funny? I thankfully was at work when this game happened. <laughs> so I had the, the pleasure of being able to listen to this on my AirPods. Uh, in the back in the back room of Taco Bell doing the dishes. So I mean Make me a crunch wrap, boy. I want you to come on down. I'll give you a crunch wrap and a Baja blast and hopefully Leo Komarov can come down and Baja blast his brains out too. Put so a something special in his crunch wrap, you know what I'm saying? I'm 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 just gonna say this now. Now and again I get a DoorDash order for Leo K and I, I think I've sent that picture to you guys. I don't know if I have on Snapchat, but I swear I think Leo Komarov does order from my Taco Bell. And if so, it's actually pretty hilarious. Spitting his food next time you get an order from him. I'll be sure to. So January sixteenth at Madison Square Garden, second game of the season. In the first period, Pavel Vuchnevics will get his first of the season, assisted by Zabinajad at two twelve. Then sadly the bread man, Artemi Panarin, his stupid high kick, will get his first Ooh. assist as well. Ooh, with an assist from Smith at the time of 1346. In the second period, Pavel Bushnevic would get another goal. Two, uh, his second in the night, unassisted at 557. Then, Capo Caco, the bust, would get his first goal of the season with assist from Di Giuseppe and, Ch- and uh, Cheadle. Philip Cheadle? I usually have trouble pronouncing his last oh, name. Cheadle, yeah. And then the third period, by this point, I, I stopped listening. I'm pretty sure I stopped listening after the Kako goal. But then in the third period, New York Rangers, Artemi Panarin. Second, pow, it's a power play goal with assist from Fox and Buchnevich at 15.56. Pavel Buchnevich, have yourself a game. And sadly, this was the first start for Sorokin after he took after uh, Semyon Varlamov took a puck up hide in the neck from Cal Clutterbuck in the warmups, which, you know, is kind of a pretty serious unwritten rule. Of you don't shoot high and warmies. Sorokin, although he gave it his all and you know he did what he had to do, considering it was his first NHL start and he was basically thrown to the wolves, had 27 saves on 32 shots for 0.844 save percentage. The Islanders' power play was 0 for 4, and we continue our struggling on the power play. Our penalty kill was 7 for 8. Way too many penalties have to stay out of the box. And for the Rangers, our kryptonite, uh, uh, Georgiev, 23 save shutout. One for eight on the power play and four for four on the penalty kill. One thing I will point out, though, is that the Islanders do have a great penalty kill and has definitely showed in these past couple games, especially in tonight's recent game uh, at the time of recording this against the Washington Capitals, which we will get into soon. Um, The only positive I can really see from this game was 
the penalty kill. I know. I mean, you know, seven for eight is pretty good when you take eight penalties. I mean, that's, I mean, that usually holds them back. You know, this game was definitely not Ilya Sorokin's fault. I refuse to believe that. You know, his it, it, he didn't have the greatest NHL debut. It wasn't what we were expecting. But considering the team in front of him was not producing at all, I'm really, you know, not at all surprised that this kind of occurred. Danny, what did you see from this game if you didn't shut it off by the second period? Well, I shut it off uh, before the third period. But, um, I mean, the offense is just lacking. They don't have that goal score. We said it going into the offseason uh, after the Lightning series that the Islanders needed to add a goal scorer to this roster if they wanted to make that jump and be able to take on a team like Tampa come playoff time again. And they just didn't. And it's showing so far. I mean, besides the game tonight, honestly, I mean, so far for the Islanders, it's it's like shut someone out or get shut out. Like, it, it depends what team is showing up to the rink every night, and they don't have that consistency yet. And it, it's showing, and it really showed in this game for sure. Right. And I actually want to mention this real quick. I, I went out to dinner with my roller hockey teammates tonight, uh, that night, and, you know, uh, quite a few more Ranger fans than I uh, than I would like to admit, but... Um, you know, it was definitely rough. I, I carpooled with my Ranger fan friend and he heckled me all the way home. So that was fun. Um, I just want to mention here real quick, right? Alexander Georgiev. He has five career shutouts for the Rangers, right? Did you guys know that two of them, so 40% of his career shutouts have come at Madison Square Garden against the Islanders and they were both in five, nothing wins. Yeah, wow. they got, they got the new Halak cheat code. Right? I, I I don't know what we have to do to score on this guy. Don't disgrace my man Hawak like that by comparing him to a Ranger. Well, no, I'm not disgracing him. I'm just saying that, like, the Islanders have had the edge in the goaltending in this series for so many years. It's all like Hawak has always played so good against the Rangers, and Hawak leaves and it shifts to the Rangers, and it's Georgiev. The Islanders just can't figure him out. I don't know what it is. I don't mean to be biased. I mean, after all, I do have a signed Yaroslav Halak jersey, not to flex or anything, but I no, mean, Yaroslav Halak, Yaroslav Halak was pretty much a goat for the New York Islanders for years. Can't change my mind. Top five goalie in Islanders history. Can't change my mind. Uh, that That's a topic for another time. But that is, I'm actually, just saying, no, top five. Top five, yes. I'm not saying he's the best. The top five statistically in the in the seasons he was good. You cannot say I'm wrong. I'm not gonna say you're right. I'm also not gonna say you're wrong. If you, you guys want to hear us break down the, the top five the Islander goalies in history, be sure to let us know. But we're not gonna get into that today. Number one, you're um, also, the next top anyway. That what would you say? <laughs> I said number one, you're also off a lock. Number two, Chad Johnson. Number three, Kevin Poulin. Uh, number four, uh, Corey Schneider. Even though he hasn't played, and five, Sororkin. No, That's wait, my top five right there. In there? I'm now. sorry. Wait, do it. Ooh, the, the poke. Ooh. Um, but again, that's not the uh, it's not the topic of this episode. Um, <laughs> the the next topic we are going to get into, however, is the home opener, January 18th against Boston. And let me just say now, it felt weird watching, um, you know, watching a game at the Coliseum. I, I don't know if this is just me being biased because I have season tickets and I go all the time, but. Um, it, it just felt weird, you know, I mean, it, it felt weird not having fans in the stands. I mean, I'm sure it feels weird for everybody, but I don't know. It just felt odd going to a game, not going to a game, but watching a game at the Coliseum and not hearing the, uh, the chants from, uh, the, the blue and orange army or not hearing, you know, anything from the crowd. It just, 
I don't know. It felt weird, but we're going to get through this. But anyway. I do want to point out one thing, too, really quickly, that the, the National Coliseum always had, kind of, has kind of had a weird history within its last years of its survival because it, we were supposed to have, like, the last season ever at Nassau Coliseum, never coming back, it's over, we're moving forever, and then we come back to a sold-out crowd against CBJ. And then in the final, in, the, in what is, again, supposed to be the final year of Nassau Coliseum, all of a sudden, no fans on the home opener. Like you said, that's very weird, but I, I there's some weird part of me that's like they're gonna be back for some home opener in some capacity. Like maybe next year they're like, you know what, home opener at Nassau Coliseum because we didn't do it right last year. Some crazy nah, crap. That's just nah. Like, like you say, I don't think it's the right move, but not, I can see not it. with the new I arena. I no offense, it, but <laughs> I with Belmont coming in, they better not. No, I, I hope they win anyway. Maybe. Maybe they'll let them do a, a game or two there, but they're definitely not making any special whatever for the Coliseum just because we didn't. I'd like to see get maybe to like a preseason game or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they do nice. a couple preseason games there, but besides that, no chance. I think it's just time to let go of the Collie altogether, to be real with you. But I mean, I, I wish we could have at least got one last home opener. Well, listen, who knows? Playoff time, depending what the numbers are like, who knows? I mean,. You saw what um, Governor Cuomo did, letting uh, Bills fans go to uh, go to playoff games in Buffalo. Granted, I know it's an outside stadium and everything, but you get you the te- you get the testing going and you get the vaccines rolling, and you never know there there could be fans back in the building at some point this year. Don't hold out hope just yet. I definitely think we will. I definitely think we'll have fans in the building at some point. So you're telling me there's a chance? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> but of course. speaking of the speaking of this home opener. Let's jump into it. January 18th against the Boston Bruins, a team that the Islanders just cannot beat at home for some odd reason. I don't know what it is. First period, nothing. Second period, nothing. Great game, though. Textbook definition of a defensive game. Great defense. But at 15:51 of the third period, the New York Islanders break through they get past Tuka Rask it's JG Pajot give a little chef's kiss after that his first of the year coming from Pelican Pulak and the Islanders finally take down the Bruins it is our interesting stat of the game brought to you by the the Mac and Jack show this win marked the first Islanders home win against the Boston Bruins since November 2nd 2013 that was a three to one islanders win and it also marked the first time that the islanders won their home opener since 2017 2018 that was a six to three win against buffalo varlamov another shutout 27 saves he comes back from getting hurt against the rangers power play struggling again 0 for 5 but the penalty kill continues to shine goes three for three uh tuka rask has 16 saves on 17 shots uh, Bruins power play also uh, they go 0 for 3 with a 5 for 5 penalty kill like I mentioned great de- uh, great defensive hockey game but JG Pajot coming through a nice little baseball goal batting the puck out of midair getting that pass to Karask he looked great all night that game Carter would you agree with that I agree with it 100 percent I think if uh I don't know what the new Mets GM's name is but if he's listening to our show maybe you should sign him to a to a tryout in the offseason. Eh? Well, listen, after the whole Mets clusterfuck with the GMs, <laughs> let's not even talk about the Mets right now because I could ramble about the Mets for like a half hour. Let's just focus on the Islanders. But I will say, Sandy, Uncle Stevie, you listening? Give me a call. Pajot and Lindor, though, in the batting lineup. Woo! <laughs> 
Don't get me excited about Francisco Lindor right now. This is an Islanders podcast, not a Mets podcast. <laughs> Well, if they go and sign Trevor Bauer, I think you might have to turn it into one. Oh, my God. Well, get, listen. They, I wish they, we got Springer. Listen, if that fuck George Springer. He's a fucking trash can cheater. Um, if Still if the Mets sign Trevor Bauer, my head might explode. But seriously, let's stop talking about the Mets because I will talk about them for 25, 30 minutes. Carter, talk about Pajot and how freaking good he was against the Bruins. Right. I mean, you know, like you were saying before, right? Pajo looked good all night long. And these are the types of games that players like Pajo thrive in, right? You know, it's a physical, tight checking game, defensive chance, uh, you know, defensive plays all over the ice. Not a lot of grade A scoring chances, but, you know, I mean, Pajo has that clutch gene in him, too, right? I mean, I'm not trying to crap on Ranger fans or anything, or maybe I am. Uh, when he scored four goals against the Rangers in the playoffs a few years ago, right? He just has that clutch. I don't know what it is. Like, some players just have a knack for scoring in big moments. And I know that, you know, this might not have been as big of a moment as a playoff game. But, you know, I mean, it's a tight game. You know, there's a little close to four minutes left in the third period. You know, your team needs a spark. And Pajot provided that spark. And I'm surprised nobody cleared him out from the front of the net. But I'm not going to get into that. This is also Pajot's first regular season win as an Islander. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. But... That's the first regular season game they managed to win with JG Pajot in the lineup. I don't know. I just thought. Wait, that was... wouldn't that wait? Wouldn't that have been the Ranger game? No, no, he was. Well, we lost the Ranger game. No, the no first, game one. The first Ranger game. Might have been first home game then. First regular season home game. Yeah, that's like that's that was, that was the that's statistic you were looking stat. for. <laughs> definitely the. See, so you know what it is. Bcom provides too many interesting stats on Twitter, so I uh, I lose track sometimes. Be calm. If you're listening to this, be sure to be sure to give us a shout out. Anyway, um, so after this, right after the home opener, the Islanders have another home game. They play the New Jersey Devils, and in this one, the Islanders came out flying. Right, Matt Barzell scores uh, from Bailey and Dobson at 4:33. The first, Jordan Eberle gets on the board near the end of the period from Lee and Barzell at 19:39, and we thought that you know, I mean, going into this anyway, Semyon Varlamov had a Pretty long shutout streak. As a matter of fact, it lasted, I believe it was 142.10. I, I believe that was the final stat on that. Um, I, it would have lasted longer until uh, Nathan Bastion broke the shutout bid for Varley in the second period. Isles going into the third up 2-1. to one. And then something incredible happened. They scored two power play goals. It's, it's like, th- this doesn't happen. Jordan Everly gets on the board on the power play with his second of the game from Dobson and Barzell. And then Nelson puts it away. Another power play goal from Letty and Pajot. And guys, I, I mean, you know, I mentioned it before. The big thing that I noticed was the power was able to break through. Right? You score two power play goals. Um, both of them coming in the third from Eberly and Nelson, like I mentioned. And, you know, I mean, this is an obvious comment here. But if the Islanders can begin to take advantage of these chances on the power play, they'll continue to win convincing games like this. And I know that, obviously, you know, the Devils aren't the the greatest opponent out there. I mean, there's definitely, you know, better opponents in this division, but you know, I mean, scoring is such a big issue to start that it's the little things, right? If the Islanders can start taking advantage of their power play chances, you know, scoring five on five a little bit more, this is, this could be an entertaining team to watch, but Ryan, I want to get your thoughts on something real quick, right? We mentioned Barzell. We mentioned Brock Nelson. We mentioned Anders Lee already. 
How about Jordan Everly in this one, right? Finally getting on the board, he scored two goals. What did you see from Everly in this one that really caught your attention? Or did you see anything from any other player? I'll be honest with you, this is another game where I had to listen on the radio because I was at work. <laughs> uh, but to be fair, I mean, it is great to see that Jordan Everly scored twice because in these pa- those past two games, he was definitely struggling and it definitely showed. The next game against New Jersey, which I sadly did get to watch, I think every game that I've actually watched so far, we've lost, except for the one against the Rangers. Uh, actually, no. Games then. Wait, no, wait, no, that's a lie. I think right uh, now I'm two for two. Don't watch anymore. I saw, I saw the Boston one, too. Quick fact about the Boston one. I was actually at the last game where we won at home. I found that really odd when you were actually saying it, because I didn't realize that statistic. But November 2nd, 2013, 3-1 Islanders win. I remember being at that game very well, because my dad had, st- had uh, season tickets at the time. Uh, because we were all excited after they made the playoffs against the Pens. And I was with him, my uncle, and my then stepmother at the time, which I found really funny because I was like, oh my God, I remember that game. I remember Bailey had a really sick toe drag and he literally missed the net wide on a shot. Like, I remember that so well. But that's a weird statistic that I know. (laughs) Uh, From Jordan Everly, though, it's nice to it's he, he, I mean, he's been a bit streaky. That's one thing I don't notice. Like, he has his great games like this where he's able to put up two goals and he looks good on the ice. But then, like, the game after that, he he struggles. He hits the post. He can't seem to find the puck. He gets weird bounces. Like, I'm not I'm not really sure. Like, I, I, I want to see Everly just do better. I feel like he could put up more points and he could produce more. He tries really hard, which is always good to see. But he, he he's, like, he has, like, a weird, like, one game he's hot, one game he's not kind of thing. But one player that I do want to point out is Noah Dobson. So he's flowing under the – kind of like uh, Devontae's. He's kind of fl- he's kind of like sliding under the radar, and he's having some pretty good games, and he's having a pretty good start. He put two assists up in this game, his first multi-point game of his NHL career. He looks a lot more confident. Oh, yeah, he looks a lot more confident in the minutes he's getting. He – he still is making mistakes. There are a lot of mistakes I can definitely still point out when watching him. Like, he's not perfect, but it's good to see that he's developing into the player that we kind of need him to be. I personally thought he needed a little bit more time to develop in the AHL, but I guess, you know, obviously I was wrong. I'm not Barry Trotz. But, I mean, I think Everly and Noah Dobson were definitely two players to definitely watch out there in that game, considering how well that they did. It was good to see that the power play was striking. It was good to see the penalty kill was still staying hot. Um, I think it was just a, a great game overall for the for the Islanders. Uh, Danny, uh, before we wrap this up, I, there's one thing that I want to talk about that has caught a lot of attention. So Brock Nelson got tangled up with PK Subban in the second period, and he was cut by his visor. It would end up splitting in two after Nelson's head hit Subban's knee, and Nelson was cut and he was bleeding. Do you think that injury has affected him at all, or do you think Brock Nelson has been able to bounce back? And what did you think of PK kind of doing this nice gesture to kind of help help him out after or you like check on him i mean i don't think it really had any major effect on brock nelson i mean you see guys get cut all the time they just get stitched up and get right back on the ice and that's what we saw with that's what we saw with neller there but pk pk taking him off is the most pk suban thing i've ever seen you know he's a classy guy you know he's an extremely respectful guy you know he's gonna he respects his other players and he respects his teammates and everybody else he plays with so it's just a nice gesture by Key PK, classy move, classy player. But um, but no, I, I don't really think that injury affected Brock Nelson at all. I think he's still playing the same way that Brock always plays. But the gesture from PK is the most PK thing I've ever seen. 
I definitely right. think it kind of fired him up a bit, considering that PK would come back, or not PK, considering Brock Nelson would come back to score the power play goal there in the third period. That's definitely, it was, it was really nice to kind of like see that it kind of woke him up a bit more, you know? No, yeah, definitely nice to see him come back and get the goal there on the power play. But mm-hmm. overall, like past that, like, yeah, it obviously gave him a little fun. Fo- I mean, it was a freak accident too. It's not it like was. some guy, it's not like some guy took his stick and slashed him in the face and they right. had to go get he had to go get stitches. It was a freak accident. So I don't really think there was anything there that really shook him up mentally besides just like, yeah, obviously getting cut, but it, it definitely was good to see him come back and get that goal there in the third, especially it being on the power play. But uh, I don't, I don't think it had any long-term effect on him. Mm-hmm. Thankfully. And I mean, again, great gesture by PK, which I really like to see. Right. And you know, while, while we're talking about long-term effects anyway, I mean, you know, we're talking about Nelson scoring a power play goal in the third period, and boy, could we have used a goal in this uh, in this next game that we're about uh, to go. Uh, this January twenty fourth. This one hurt. Shut out or get shut out. Damn right, baby. Um, yeah, I I don't know what to say anymore. First period, Jack Hughes power play goal. I do want to say this though. That was one of the most gorgeous shots that I have seen in a long, long time from Jack Hughes. I don't, I don't think anybody was stopping that thing. I also want to throw this out there. I know this isn't obviously this is an Islander show, but Jack Hughes has gotten off to an amazing start this year, quieting a lot of people that thought he was a bust after last year. I, just want I to still think he's a there. bust. I hate him. I do not like Jack Hughes. Fun fact. I don't, don't listen to Ryan. Quinn Hughes yeah, is better. Right. I hate Jack Hughes. Well, okay. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe okay listen Qu- to Ryan. All right, well, Quinn Hughes right now <laughs> Maybe is better. I mean, Quinn Hughes, yeah, he's better right now, but Jack Hughes is still only, what, 19, 20 years old? He still needs time. He had one year that got cut short, and then his team didn't even get invited to the bubble. He's been off for however long. you got to give the kids some credit. I think oh, yeah. another double we have to mention, too. Ty Smith is really, really good. I mean, I, I didn't think he was going to be – I knew he was good, you know, uh, coming out of the minors anyway. He was one of the best defensemen in the – um, you know, in, uh, in minors, but – um, you know, I mean, this kid put up two assists against the Islanders. He had another assist on Pavel Zaka's goal in the, in the first period that made it 2-0. And after that, the Islanders just couldn't get anything going. And um, I had to Google who this guy was before the start of the game. Uh, we got shut out by Scott Wedgwood. Who? Yeah, I- I- exactly. Who? Like, what? what well, he shut us out, so... Scott Wedgwood apparently is who he is. Oh. Actually, I mean, we can't say anything because we got shut out last year by Leafs legend uh, Michael Hutchinson. So, uh, yeah. If you're a third-string goalie and you're starting against the Islanders, good job. You, you, you have yourself one game where you're going to look like the fucking second coming of Brodor. If you are but, an AHL third-string goalie and you're put against the Islanders, you're guaranteed to shut out, basically. I, I, I'm so angered. I hate to cut 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 you off. I just want to point You're out, cut me I am so all right, good because I am so effing pissed off with how we make AHL and third string goalies look like they are the best goalies in the league. I can't stand it. It's always them. Like we, it's like we underplay. It's like we're the, it's like we're the Pittsburgh Steelers as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, where we underplay the competition that we should be beating. It, I hate it. That yeah. was just my quick. Imagine going 11 and 0 and then losing. Don't shut up! I know we suck. Corvette, Corvette. I hate it. <laughs> I wasn't even gonna bring that up, but I mean, yeah, you you do you, I guess. Go Browns. No, no, the Browns suck. Give me a break. They're a poverty franchise and always will be. Well, again, not a not a topic we're getting into this is right not now. Steelers podcast. <laughs> 
But anyway, um, guys, I don't know what the problem is. I mean, Danny, I, w- I want to get your thoughts on something real quick here. This is Ilya Sorokin's second start in the NHL. And, uh, you know, he, he looked better in this one. He only let in two goals on 24 shots. And once again, right, the Islanders couldn't score a goal in front of him. Did, like, okay, I, I don't know if this is like a mental thing or like I, this is why I want to get your thoughts on this right here. Do you think that there's a different style of play that the Islanders have? Like, do you notice anything different that they do in front of Ilya Sorokin compared to what they do in front of Varlamov? Or do you think that this is just a coincidence that they haven't scored a goal yet for him? Well, I will say, I mean, there shouldn't be a different there shouldn't be a different style of play when there's when you have Sorokin and Nick compared to Varlamov. But I will say one thing I saw from both games that Sorokin played in that the Islanders just didn't have. They had no urgency to go score a goal. Right. I mean, the, the Devils go up 2-0 in this game. There's no urgency from the team to go score a goal. I mean, yeah, obviously there's points, of, there's times where they're putting pressure on and stuff, but there's no urgency from this team to go get a goal for this kid. I mean, this kid's coming over from Russia, never played a game in the NHL. Yeah, he's 0-2 because you didn't score a goddamn goal when he's when he's playing for you. I mean, there's just no oomph from this team to go get a goal, I feel like, when he's playing. Well, obviously they want to score goals. I'm not saying that, but it, it, it the, the amount of energy and the amount of effort I've seen from the games that Sorokin's been in net from the Islanders forwards and D-Man is just uh, abysmal. It's it's just non-existent, and it needs to it needs to get there, and it needs to get there no matter who your goaltender is. But I, I just the Islanders haven't had that extra oomph. They haven't had that extra push when Sorokin has been in net so far, and they better give it to him because God damn it, he deserves a win in the NHL, and he better get one soon. Hundred percent. You know, I wonder if there was a particular goal scorer that wound up being traded earlier this week. Oh, wait, there was. Uh, you were, we're not going to get into that either, but um, yeah. Patty Lane would have looked so good in an Islander sweater, man. Even Dubois would have looked good in an Islander sweater. Jesus Christ. Barzell and Dubois. Oh, boy. And then what? Push Nelson down to the third. I don't give a shit what you got to do. Just get someone who can put the puck in the net. Oh, my God. Well, speaking of somebody who can put the puck in the net, Anthony Beauvillier actually wound up leaving this game after getting tangled up with a devil player. And I, I, I don't know what exactly the injury was. I mean, it looked like I don't remember the exact player who landed on top of him, but I remember a lot of useless bullshit, but I don't remember this anyway. Um, he, he was named day-to-day as of uh, at the time of – uh, recording this anyway he was named day-to-day uh, yesterday um so i mean we're, we're hoping that the injury is nothing serious and that bow's back in the lineup soon he was actually put on ir before tonight's game uh today's the 26th so um that means he's gonna miss at least the next four games so we're hoping that Bo gets back to the lineup soon um and you know before we move on to the most recent game that we played anyway uh, another interesting stat of the game once again brought to you by the mac and jack show this game marks the first time that the Islanders were shut out by the Devils since February 3rd, 2013. 2013 is coming up quite a bit in this episode, isn't it? Fucking pathetic. 
wait, l- allow me to give you my interesting stat of the game or, or oh, fun boy. fact about Ryan Dunn, uh, Ryan. presented by Ryan Dunn on the Four Stripes on Ice, po- on Ice podcast. Ryan. I was Ryan also Ryan's coming. I'm sorry. I said Ryan's rants, a mini episode in here. Get your uh, uh, get your earbuds ready. Oh yes, yes, yes. But real quick, I just want. But like I said, interesting side of the game. I was also at that game where we were shut out by the Devils. <laughs> Wait, were you really? <laughs> yes. Wait, I, I, did you know? Were you not listening to me? Here, I'll say it again. Here's another interesting side of the game or interesting fun fact. No, I heard you when you said you were at the Bruins game. I just didn't know you were at this one too. <laughs> yes, I was also at this one. Hear me out here, because interesting side of the game slash fun fact presented by Ryan Dunn of the Four Stripes on Ice. This game, <laughs> the game on February 3rd, 2013, in which we got shut out by the Devils, Ryan Dunn was also present at. Because, again, my dad had season tickets, and I remember that game well. If I'm remembering correctly, I think Yager got, like, his, like, some milestone. I just remember everybody in the building booing. I think it was, like, a 3 to nothing loss. I remember it pretty well. And I also remember Ryan Clow. Clow? I, I, some, there was some guy who always seemed to score on, on the Devils, who always seemed to score on us every time we played him. Because I remember my dad Dad is like, this guy's an Islander killer. So yeah, it was a fun fact. I was at that game too. Do we have any more? stop going to games. Facts? It was 2013. We sucked, okay? I've been to a lot of good games. <laughs> we still suck now. What's the difference? That is true. So you want me to get ready for Ryan's rants on, of January 26th at Washington oh, Capitals? Boy. Well, at least let us get through the score sheet first. Danny, you want to take us through the score sheet in this one? Because this was a uh, an interesting game, but at least the Islanders managed to get on the board. We'll we'll leave it at that. Welcome to January 26, 2021. The New York Islanders take on the Washington Capitals. Um, let's talk about this game because I am still fucking pissed off about it. Oh, baby. In the, in the first period, the Washington Capitals open up the scoring. It's John Carlson, his second of the year. A power play goal. Uh, but Noah Dobson... Ryan mentioned earlier, very happy with the play from him so far. He gets his first of the year. He's finally rewarded with one. Uh, moving on to the second period, Barzell, an absolute beauty of a goal. Uh, going to the backhand top shelf over some goalie. I don't even know how to say his name. Um, that one comes unassisted off of a turnover. Islanders had great pressure uh, on the power play that they had seconds before. Um, Barzell putting one in the back of the net. Unfortunately, the power play expiring. It would have been nice for uh, if it had been a power play goal. It's not. And then uh, with players out due to COVID, they had a million people in I've never heard of. This is one of them. Daniel Sprong for the Washington Capitals getting his first of the year, tying the game at two. We go into the third period. There is nothing going on except everybody's favorite uncle here on the Four Stripes on Ice podcast. Leo Komarov takes a five-minute major penalty for a hit. I forget on who. I want to say it was Lars Eller. I might be mistaken. Um, If it was not, please correct me when I'm done here. But um, a five-minute penalty. The Islanders kill it. You would think that would give them momentum. Gets down to the final minute. And at 19.33 of the third period, Leo's out there. No back check. Justin Schultz, the ex-Penguin, comes over to the Capitals. He pots his second of the year. And the Washington Capitals steal a point. From the New York Islanders that they easily should have had. The Islanders deserve two tonight. Just didn't go their way. Semyon Varlamov having another fantastic game. 34 saves on 37 shots. Uh, I'm going to try to say this guy's name. I want to say it's Van- Vanacek. Van- Vanacek. He had 30- Vanacek. Uh, 32 saves on 34 shots. Islanders power play goes 0 for 3. 
Kill goes one for two, the one being the five-minute Leo Komarov major penalty. But yet again, Uncle Leo fucks us over, and the Islanders lose a game that they easily should have won. I do not want to take time away because I know Ryan wants to rant. He texted us as soon as he took the penalty. I was the only one mocking him on this podcast last season. Everyone, oh, he's the best. He's everyone's favorite. Everyone realizes now he sucks. He needs to go. He went on waivers. I threw myself a party. He's still (laughs) here for some reason. And guess what? He fucks us over in his first game he plays. Ryan, the floor is yours. Before I start saying words, I should not on a podcast. Oh, boy. Where do I begin? You know, for so long, I've made so many jokes, like, trying to defend him and be like, well, you know, Uncle Leo's the great. Uncle Visor tail. He's so cool. He's so great. For You know this, Danny. You know this, Carter. For, for a long time, I've been trying to be defensive of him, like, a low-key. Like, I would make jokes like, oh, he's elite. He's a goal scorer. Puts up those empty nets. Oh, I, I know used... it all too well, buddy. I know Don't you worry. know it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but after tonight, I think I'm done. I'm completely done after his performance. So I don't even know where to begin. I wanted to like him. I I like gritty players. I like tougher players. I like guys like Clutterbuck and Martin and Johnston. Those are my kind of players. I think they're great and they're key to the game. I like the kind of player that Leo Komarov is supposed to be. But when you take a five-minute major in the third period with less than eight minutes left, off a stupid boarding penalty? That's unacceptable. That is unacceptable, especially when we are basically in a playoff series. Every game, like, this is Barry Trotz's words here. We we need to have a playoff mentality. It's a playoff mentality. And I'll get into that later. It's a playoff mentality. We're in a freaking season and a series where you have to be perfect and you have to win a majority of your games. In this series, you have to win. You have to win big. This is what Coach Riley and the Mighty Ducks said. It's not worth winning if you can't win big. And if you don't win, not ju- you're not just letting me down, but you're letting your teammates and your whole family down, just as he told Gordy Bombay. So, I love the Mighty Ducks reference, by the way. Now, you're making you. me a little bit happier about what happened. Thank you, yes. Actually, I just bought a, uh, a Hawks jersey with my name on it. It's, it looks really, really sick. <laughs> and now my respect you is gone. Continue. What? Well, I'm sorry. It's not my fault that I like to win and win big, and Coach Riley taught me that. All right, <laughs> I'll sign the picture. Like the Russian sick. guy in uh in what's that boxing movie? Uh, Rocky. Rocky. <laughs> Did yeah, you well, just say what's that boxing what's movie? That you boxing didn't see it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding it. me? That's not just a boxing <laughs> movie. That might be legend. one of the greatest movies of all time. You go, what's that boxing movie? What's that Rocky? <laughs> what's Rocky? How do you not even know the guy's name? Ivan <laughs> Drago. I Ivan Drago. Seen... That's one of the coolest names in Car- movie history. He was the bad trying... guy. He was Carter, the guy who literally Carter. said, "If he dies, he dies." Carter, before before you before you say something, Carter, before you say something you regret that no, we no, will I've flame you for. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was gonna say I've already said a lot of things that I regret on here, but go ahead. I'll, I'll let you continue. <laughs> that that boat has sailed, buddy. That 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 that's that's across the. He's not wrong. All right, Ryan, 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 keep going because I'm I'm really enjoying listening to you shit on Uncle Leo now. It's great that I'm not the only one doing it. I know. I got my popcorn out and <laughs> I'm ready to go. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> it's, you're finally happy that you're not alone. I, I get that. But he, 
You take a five-minute major. That's that's unacceptable. You can't do that. Like, it's just one of those things you cannot do. You can't take a penalty in the final minutes of any third period. You shouldn't take a penalty at all. But one like that, a boarding penalty against Lars Eller, which you're right, it was Lars Eller, a boarding penalty like that, and a five-minute major, no less, you can't do that. It is you can't unacceptable. Do that. You can't do that. Exactly what the ref said. You can't do that. You like you you just can't do it. You cannot commit that kind of penalty. But there was hope. It looked like there was hope. It looked like there was hope. So Leo goes to the box. Five minutes. This game looks all but over. That penalty kill was tremendous. That penalty kill was perfect. I can't even remember like a single shot that they that the Washington Capitals really got off. I know they definitely got a couple, but I can't remember like any good one. Like there was none that stuck out in my mind that was like, oh, that looks like that could have went in. Oh, that could have been bad. The penalty kill was flawless. We even got a two-on-one with Nelson, Nelson and Pajot, and then bouncing puck, Pajot misses the net wide, it happens. But, like, it, it, it looked great. Our penalty kill was on fire. The momentum was our way. We killed off the penalty, no problems. I was like, I was, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was falling asleep by the third period. I was literally falling asleep up until that penalty kill. And then after it, I was standing up. I was on my feet. I'm like, all right, this is good. We're going to come back. We're going to rally. It's all good. Just keep Leo, just keep Leo on the bench, and we'll take over, and things are looking great. And then comes back out. And and then Barry trots. I love him. I love Barry. But he gets the genius idea to put him back out on the ice. And I'm telling you this now. This is what I find kind of bullshit. And I love Barry. But I don't agree with this decision. Again, I know I'm not a Stanley Cup winning coach. I'm an 18-year-old who sits in my room and talks about hockey. But one thing I will point out 100% is that if Kiefer Bellows took that five-minute major, if someone young like Oliver Wallstrom took that penalty, I'm guaranteeing this. If a younger player, if Barzell took that penalty, he's getting benched. He's getting benched for the rest of the game. Exactly. He's getting benched the rest of the game. He's getting benched the next game. He so probably gets benched like two or three games before that. Exactly. So why Sorry, is Leo Komarov being allowed to go back out there after you just took a five-minute major? That's the first issue. I don't care if he's a veteran. I don't care if he has playoff experience. I don't care whatever experience that he has. He took a five-minute major in the experience final minutes. Exactly. In the final minutes of the third period against, against a team in which you need to beat. But we put him back out there. Fine, we put Leo Komarov back out there. I, I don't know why, because because structure? I have no idea. So we put him back out there. We put Leo Komarov back out there. And it comes back to bite us in the ass in the final freaking minutes. With, with under 30 seconds left, Justin Schultz cuts in on the right side, walks right in. Leo Komarov is right behind him. Does here you go? We're gonna play Jeopardy. Not Jeopardy. We're gonna play. We're gonna play. Who wants to be a millionaire? I'm gonna give you four options. Does Leo Komarov a speed up, try to catch him and poke check him? That's Two, definitely not the first one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me give you the second option. Does he b try to hit him in the back? Try to throw him off? Try to use his his grit and tenacity to throw him off the puck? No, that doesn't sound it. That's not Three? it either. Okay, three, does he, you know, probably take another penalty, but one, like a hooking or something to at least try and stop the goal, a a necessary penalty at the very least? He can take, he's shown he can take penalties. Does he just take one more to at least save us? 
I don't think that's it. And by process of elimination, Ryan, the last answer We now is... get to D. Let me tell you what the answer for D is. Do absolutely nothing. Fail to back check. Move slower than molasses. Don't stick lift them. Don't poke check them. Do nothing. Do freaking nothing. Let your controller die and just lightly glide behind him as Justin Schultz walks in and snipes in on Varley to end the game. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's the yeah, answer, no, Danny. I'll, I'll take the fourth one. I'll Congratulations, fourth Danny one. Carter. You're a millionaire. Thanks for playing. Leo Komarov sucks. Thanks for playing the game. So awesome. I'll be back next week. Oh, I'm sure you'll be back next week. I'm sure I'll have more. And it's just, it's asinine. It's ridiculous that he's, that nothing happens. How do you not do that? And let me say this again. If Bellows didn't do that, if Dobson didn't do that, if Barzell didn't do anything there, benched, gone, off the team, throw him to the minors, trade him, get rid of him. Barry would get rid of him immediately. But no, Barry Trotz said after the game, he said this. He said this per Arthur Staple that he didn't regret putting Leo Komarov in. He didn't. I don't. I, again, I love Barry, and I don't want to get. I, I know some Islander fans are calling for his head, which is a little bit ridiculous. I did see a bit much of like, oh, I think this is ridiculous. This is awful. Like I'm done with shots. I'm not saying that the decision was great, but why? Why would you do that? Why would you put Leo in? Why would you allow this when we have such such talented players? Every I think, I, I think that it's just Komarov was the reason that goal went in. Sure, Varley could have made a save, but I am not at all upset with Varley considering how well he's played in these past couple games. Like it's just it's it's awful that Leo allows that we allow this to happen, and that Leo Komarov is eating up minutes. Honestly, this is gonna be a bold take. If you put Michael Dow Cole out there, Michael Dow Cole would have put in more of an effort. Now shut Lisa, the fuck up. Shut no, no, the no, fuck no, up. Danny, Danny, that's not wrong. He's Danny, almost he's almost just as bad as Leo, I, but go Dan, ahead. Danny, but Michael Ryan, Dalcool actually like tries. Smallpox and fucking tuberculosis. But here's, the, here's the thing. I've been th- I've been I have been thinking I've been talking about this with a couple island other Islander fans. I hate Michael Dalcall, don't get me wrong, but he at least tries. Well, Leo Komarov didn't even try. He I'll, give you, that. I'll give you I'll give you that. I'll he did not even that. try. I would at least appreciate him trying. If he if if Komarov tried, stick lifted. Uh, you know, uh, tripped him. If he if he uh, hooked him. If if Leo Koroff did something, I would have appreciated it more and be like, all right, at least he made an effort. What? It didn't even look like there was an effort. His controller died and he just glided behind him like it was nothing. That's what bothers me. And I'm really, and yes, I'm 100% willing to say Michael Dow Cole would have done better. I think uh, that is a strong word. Better? Oh no, it's the, I think it's the right word. I think we're tired. Like. I don't even I don't even know where to begin with this. I literally think that a disabled a, a disabled Andy Green would do better if his legs were gone. If he had no legs, he would do better than that. And I know he's a defenseman, but I'm just I'm angry, so I'm making stupid comparisons because I'm mad. Like he, I could have well, done, done better. I would have done better. I could be, exactly. I think and all those, those of you who know me who play hockey stick. with me, I don't back check at all. Danny knows this, so I don't play any defense I when think- I play hockey. I think anybody could have done better than Leo in that situation. Holy, holy Christ. That, he, he's eating up minutes from guys like Wallstrom, from guys like Wallstrom and Bellows, even MDC. I would have preferred MDC over him. And I know that, again, that's that's crazy. But I would prefer it because at least MDC tries. It, it bothers me. It, I mean, it bothers me. I hate both of them. I don't I like Bellows or Tomorrow. But the one thing that I want to get into, right, and we got into this earlier – why are you playing him right after he took a major penalty? Exactly. Why is he back out there? 
But exactly. Wh- what do you, what do you think bench? you're going to accomplish by doing this? Like, normally, I don't like the shit on Leo Komarov like this. I don't like the shit on anybody like this unless it's Michael Dow Cole. That guy can rot in hell. But, like, I, I just I, I don't know what Barry Trotz sees in him that we keep going back to this guy. Like, sure. Just buy him out, trade him, do something. I don't want him on the team anymore. Danny, I get your frustration. Jesus it, Christ. I was, was going to say, it's not like I've been saying this for over a year now. I was trying to play into it know, for the most. Nah, he ain't that bad. Danny's just overreacting. No, you are not overreacting. I am fully on board. Fuck Leo Komarov. I have had enough of this shit. Thank Jeez. you. It's, it, it's, it's, not, it's not like I was wrong the entire time. You two idiots just didn't want to listen to me. Okay, look, look, he he's had his moments. Let's let's. He's not. But now he done. Not actually, no. He has no moments now. They're all okay, dead to here's me. The thing. Everybody on the team's had their moments. Everyone's had their moments where they're you know making a bad yeah, like, defensive play, maybe not back checking as much. But what, like, realistically speaking, you know, I don't want to hear the bullshit that oh they they try. You know, at least they're making an effort out there. No, I don't want to hear any of that shit. What do you realistically see in Leo Komarov and Michael Dow Cole that makes you want to keep going back to them? Like I I, I do. Well, I, I, I have don't have a lot Dow of other Cole. forwards, but, like, what the fuck do you see in these guys? I have none for Leo, but I do have one for Dow Cole, and that is simply that he does make an effort and is younger. That's about it. That's all I got. It, that's not Leo, much of a reason. It's not much, but something. It's a reason, but it's not, like... Well, you asked for a reason, damn it. I'll turn <sighs> I, on you, too. I did ask for a reason. I will give you that, but, like, I just... Exactly. I, I, don't I, try and say, damn, that's crazy, did I ask, you did ask. I, I wasn't going to say that. But I, I'm just, I am so like, this is like the first time that I've ever actually like went off on somebody on the podcast and it feels kind of good. I'm not going to lie. Is this what you guys feel like every time you go off on Leo? Ryan never goes off on Leo. I'm the only one that ever goes off on him. Is this what it feels like, Danny? Is this like the relief that you have after you go off on him? It's fucking fantastic. It it, it feels amazing. I might have to do this more often. But all right. Well, anyway, with, all, with, with all the hate out of the way, which oh, it feels good to get Not that all out. The That's hate. a it's yeah, well. Still, it's still there's still there's still a good there. amount there, but with most of it gone, that is every game the Islanders have played so far this season, this young season so far, young shortened season. Wait, what, I'm not what, done being mad about the the Capitals game. I just want to also right, say really quickly. I, I'm going to keep this one brief. We just lost to a Washington Capitals team that didn't have Samsonov, Lundqvist, for obvious reasons. I hope Lundqvist gets better. That didn't have Samsonov, Lundqvist, Ovechkin, Samson. Uh, I already said Samsonov. Kuznetsov. Samsonov again. Samsonov again. I'll bring him up again because we lose to him too all the time. Uh, I've lost my train of thought. Kuznetsov, Wilson, Backstrom for like half the game. They lost Lars Eller. Half of their lineup was gone. Orlov, Dimitri Orlov, half of their lineup was gone, and we just lost to that team and made their third-string goalie look like God. If it was Craig Anderson, who they now have as their like new their fourth string, I would have had more respect for that because Craig Anderson was a starter for years in Ottawa and was good. But who is this Vanek kid? Who? Like, it's... That is what angers me a lot, too. Half their lineup is gone. What is with us playing down to our comp? Oh, my God. Are we the Steelers? Oh, my God. We play down to our competition. Is Barzell going to do the Corvette Corvette? Barzell's going to do the Corvette Corvette. Oh, my God. No, we we don't have a juju on our team. It's okay. Oh, 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 oh. you know, you say that until one pops up from a Steelers fan. We all say we don't have a a diva until they pop up randomly. 
Uh, well, we're, we're going to let Ryan uh, handle with his NFL th- uh, therapy <laughs> of his own time. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're go Browns. Anyway. Um, failing Big Ben. Uh, you, you've already failed him. That's beside the point. Yeah, um, shut up. Guys, before we, before we wrap up this uh, entertaining, let's call it that, yeah. entertaining week one episode, um, Danny, I want to get your thoughts on uh, what, what's one big takeaway that you've had from this first week of the 2021 season? Just I know like that you've noticed. I know it's probably the obvious take here, but Semyon Varlamov's a fucking brick wall. Oh yeah, um, sure. he's, he's great. Made, he, so far, and it's a shortened season. So the fact that we're that we're six games in already, Varlamov, I feel like, is making a legitimate case to have his name maybe in the uh, in the conversation for the Vesna Trophy come a couple weeks from now. Uh, four starts so far. He has a three and one record. Tonight being his first loss. Uh, and even 1.0 goals against average and a 966 save percentage. Those stats are up to the very moment from NHL.com. Not saying he's going to win the Vesna. I'm not saying that he might even be a finalist for the Vesna. But to have a guy like Varley back there right now who's just playing out of his mind and um, having him as a mentor for a guy like Sorokin, even though Sorokin's played, he's an experienced goaltender. He's not an experienced NHL goaltender. So to have a guy like Varlamov, who's hot right now, to have mentoring Sorokin, and just to have as our number one goaltender in general, Varlamov's been great. And that's, I feel like, the easiest takeaway, but that's definitely been my takeaway so far. 100%. Ryan, if you had to give us one takeaway from this 2021 season, what what would you say you took from this, besides the fact that Varlamov is playing out of his mind? Hmm. Couple takeaways, and it can't be anything to... about Michael Dalcoil, Leo Komarov. We've, we've... Nah, I don't have enough on that. No, um, I guess this, there are there are a couple takeaways here. I want to say, uh, the first one is that uh, this season is already kind of weird because it seems like we because uh, it's weird because I don't know if I'm watching the team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year or if I'm watching the 2013 team that literally finished last in the Metropolitan Division. Like, I I don't know what team I'm watching. So I would have to say the first takeaway is we need to find our footing again, and we need to be able to get the pile up the wins that we had last year. Right. Or Well, not last year, or well, the beginning of last year. We'll say that. We need to find, we need to refind our footing. And one thing, another takeaway from it, and I will quote Barry Trotz on this in his latest tweet uh, per Arthur Staple, is that it's a playoff mentality right now, and I'm not sure we have our playoff mentality yet, and it's pissing me off. I agree with Barry 100% on that. I couldn't say it any better myself. Um, I guess the takeaway is we need to step up. We need to step up. We need to find our footing, and we need to go on a tear and prove that prove that you know we're not a team that should be slept on. I agree. That is definitely my takeaway from him. And uh, I think Barzell is definitely worth the money because right now he's looking really hot on the ice. No, no homo. That wasn't meant to be. No, I'm not. Wait, wait, wait. No, let me let me rephrase that. Wait, hold on. <laughs> just, just shut up. Just shut, shut up. Just, just shut up. Just stop. Just stop. Ryan. Ryan. His play is phenomenal. His play is phenomenal. Can I tell you what I think? I think the scoring is a massive issue. Yes. And I know this is like, again, it's like a no shit type of moment. Like, you guys are probably sitting here like, no, really? Um, No, but like the Islanders, they didn't add a score or anything in free agency. So, I mean, you know, technically it was kind of expected. But like, 
the goal scoring through the first five games, it's been like we're on a fucking roller coaster or something. Like first like game, I... shut out the Rangers 4-0, great. Then you get shut out 5-0. Then you shut out the Bruins. Then you get shut out by the Devils. When is this going to stop? It's, like, it's like I said earlier. It's we're shutting you out or we're getting shut out. Tonight's the one exception. You want to know something? I was actually looking. Uh, I went uh, stat hunting through the uh, through the NHL app. Oh, yes, the return of Statmaster Carter. Statmaster Carter never left. Ah, Statmaster yes. Carter was always here. Ah, yes. Um. And uh, Statmaster Carter's about to hit you with a uh, with a really interesting one here. Well, I hope it's a 2013 season. one so I can relate to it in some weird way. <laughs> Go on. It's not, it's not about 2013, but it is about last yeah. season. Last season, it took the Islanders 40 games. 40 games halfway through the season before they were shut out twice. This year, it took five. Isn't that great? I, 35 less games to get shut out twice. That's just fantastic. I mean, I'm I'm not okay. I'm not saying it's necessarily time to hit the panic button yet, but it, it's definitely concerning. I mean, considering we got shut out by the fucking devils, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's been a lot of ups and downs this week, but I think one thing that I can speak upon, at least for all of us, anyway, is regardless of whether or not the Islanders win seven zero, if they lose seven zero one game. I think we're all just happy hockey's back. I think with the uncertainty in the world right now, I think we're all just happy that we're able to sit down every, you know, every couple of days, it seems, and, you know, just be able to watch our favorite team just, you know, play hockey and have it count. So, guys, any last minute, uh, any last minute thoughts or comments or concerns even before we before we start to wrap this up? I will say, I will say, I, de- I, uh, I do miss being. Uh, I do miss being at the Coliseum. Okay. I miss seeing all the Islander fans. Don't I miss. I. Uh, I miss getting there early, tailgating, barn rockers. You know what I was. Actually, I miss it. Uh, I miss it all, and, and I can't wait to get back to it. And I miss. I miss. I miss all you Islander fans tremendously. And uh, this season definitely is not the same. To start off, I mean that's the obvious thing, but um, but it's but hockey, what? so let's just. We're all sitting on the couch together. We're all watching the same game. We're all watching the same team. We're all cheering like we normally would. So we're all there in spirit, but I, I do miss seeing all you guys in person. I, I will definitely not lie. 100%. Ryan? You know, oh, yes. Oh, I'm glad you were going to get to me. You know, there is one There is one thing that gets us through these tough times, and this isn't a paid promotion. Blue Line Deli. I, God, I love Blue Line Deli. I've been going That's there way too much recently. That's a fact. That is a fact. fucking I've been going fact. there way too much recently. I Actually, go there like every game day now. Do you guys want to know something? Yes. I saw something today on Hockey NY. Uh, hockey Night. I think it's Hockey Night NY. It's a podcast just like we are. They're yeah. actually working on having a Blue Line Deli at uh, UBS Arena. Shut no the fuck up. I don't no know if you guys way. do that or not. That's cap. A hundred percent. Go go no, uh, on get, Blue Line Deli's Instagram. That'd be hype. I want to. I want to be able to get my hat trick with honey mustard. Oh, it's so good, bro. Hat trick with honey mustard. Pulling up the Blue Line and then yes. watching the Isles versus Kraken. Ah, yes. I can't wait. I want them to get Offsides Tavern in there too. I really hope they can get Offsides Tavern in there. They really should. They that'd should. Yeah. Imagine that for tailgating. That'd be perfect. They just put it like right outside. Like here it is. Right here. Yo, Blue Line Deli merging with Offsides Tavern to create the greatest Islanders hangout in, in history. Holy crap. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but uh, if that place existed, I'm, I might have to not only work there, but I might have to, like, pitch a tent out there and just live out there. 
we would all everybody come on down we're all bit we're all making a house we're all making housing out there bring your Yo, tents for, for real though shout out blue line shout out, out uh, shout lines. out the man yeah. don Yes. You guys are all you guys are all beauties over there. Keep keep up the good work. Everybody I, loves you. They have a Yaroslav Halak like painting that I I'm too scared to ask if I can buy it from them. <laughs> like they have like art of Yaro and it looks so sick. But I always Dude, love looking over the fuck books. Yaro or something like is this where this is going? No, I'm not my I'm not my friend Andrew who's obsessed with Noah Dobson. All right, look, I'm not him. I'm 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 just a normal Yaroslav Halak fan. I just I like the guy. My favorite goalie. Yeah. I just it looks sick though. They have some sick art there. I mean, I love the. I was gonna say, I love the. I love the books that they have. You ever go through like the little like books that they have there, like with the pictures, and then like they have like the old game day books from like the two thousands and stuff. It's so hype. Like I legitimately like I like going there, and just being like, "Ooh, look, Captain Kenny Johnson, legend." <laughs> I'm actually. I just sent in two of my blank jerseys to get customized. Getting Kenny Johnson on them. Yes. Uh, well, I'm getting a white Kenny Johnson jersey and uh, the uh, the white two thousands Kenny Johnson jersey, and I'm getting an orange Michael Pecker jersey. They're gonna look so sick when they come back. Oh. I just sent them in. Very nice. I think a jersey um, collection. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's gonna do it. I mean, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I would love to try and have Don in the pod sometime soon. So if you guys want to see that, if you guys want to try and have uh, Don on the podcast, then you let imagine. us know. I'm sure that would be an entertaining one to listen to. So, um, guys, I think that's gonna do it. Uh, I, I don't have any other thoughts here. I think we've all gotten our Leo Komarov rants out of the way, at least for tonight anyway. I'm sure there will be more in the coming weeks. There'll be plenty of more as long as he keep pl- as long as long he keeps playing that fucking suck bag. Well, I mean, at least we know that if we don't have to rant about him, he's either not playing or he's surprisingly not sucking. So, you Can know. You imagine? Get, Thir- ship him goals. out of here. Fucking Thir- smell you, 30 pal. goal score incoming. He's about to hear this podcast and be like, all right, let me show you how it's done. I'm going to get off the Taco Bell and I'm going to come in hot. Ryan, just shut but, up. Because if that, saying, happens, I mean, if that happens, I'll come back to Long Island and fucking kill you. You guys do <laughs> Why know would me. you kill me? That'd he be was hot. an NHL All-Star, you know? He was an All-Star. He was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. whoop de do Real fucking loaded All-Star. He's playing for Toronto, so that doesn't really say much. But, you know, he was an All-Star. Makes sense. I don't know if that says how bad the Leafs were. It says the <laughs> how bad or how good he was. I don't know. That's a weird situation. Um, well, we're not going to talk about how Leo Komarov somehow got into the All Star game, but uh, I actually do know why. But we'll get into it that. It was in great place. having you both here again. What happened? I was going to say I know why. <laughs> you know, um, I mean. You know why he was an all-star in 2016? Yeah, I, it's because of injuries. I think they literally, like, the Leafs just basically had nobody, and he had, like, 43 points that season. Like, he, he had, like, a... Three he actually had a now? season. He had, let's see, what year was it? It was 2016? Yeah, I mean, we, we don't it have was, to get into the specifics of it now. It was, but, no, no, actually, it wasn't um, 40. It was, like, in the 30s. It was, in the, it was, like, in the 30s, and literally... Yeah, it was 2016. The Leafs literally had nobody in, in 2013. <laughs> or not in 2013, 2016. Like, this was, I think this was, his, was it pre-Matthews? I think it was before they even had, like, Matthews lighting it up. Well, hockey didn't exist in Toronto before Austin Matthews, so. That is very yeah. true. We don't talk um, about Matthews, but, yeah. But we, we can talk about, uh, we could talk about the pre-Matthews Leafs in another, uh, well, we probably won't considering we don't want to waste our time. Uh, well, let's talk about Sean Bates' goal. Don't care. Um, yeah, I mean, guys, I uh, just want to say thank you for coming on once again. It's been fun as always. 
Um, now with the season kind of in swing, I mean, we would like to try and have episodes out, I would say weekly, I think, or bi-weekly, depending on what, uh, what our personal schedules are looking like and what the, um, what the Islander schedule is looking like as well. But regardless, we want to try and have a lot of content out for you guys this season. There's going to be a lot to go over. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to be having a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff to go over and a lot of stuff to break down for you guys. So with that being said... I know that was a long-winded intro, but we're finally getting to it now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Four Stripes on Ice podcast. If you guys want more of us, if you guys want to see, you know, what we post on social media, we have social media pages now. We used to be on only Instagram, uh, at Four Stripes on Ice on Insta. We have now expanded to Twitter. We are on Twitter now, at Four Stripes Pod. So if you guys want to go follow us on social media, yeah, I think that's going to do it. So... For all of us here at the Four Stripes on Ice podcast, thank you for listening. Fuck Leo Komarov, and let's go Islanders. Yes, yes.